Sarah News is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I am joined by my handsome, very smart co-host, who is my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? I am so excited. Okay, first of all, this is just like a dream come true to be, quote, working, but being able to look across the table at you and talk about things that we love. You know, it's super fun, and this episode has got to be the best one yet. Yeah. It is the first one, but we're excited to have it up and running. Yes, the the best one yet, indeed, because it is the only one. But um, we start out with a bang, I'd say. You know, it's something that is exactly Sarah Noose. It's something you dream big, you go after uh, what you vision, and going after Bob Goff, who a lot of people would think is kind of untouchable. You've gone out, built a relationship with him, and, and here he is, the first one on our podcast. Oh, my gosh. And he blows my mind. Uh, just meeting him, you know, and hearing all these stories and then really getting to know him, every story he tells, I think, are like jaw-dropping stories. You know, one of my favorite ones that you talk about is one when you were at a coffee shop with him, and he was talking about uh, speaking at FedEx. And they said, whatever you do, you can't talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you're about to be disappointed. (laughs) And I love that about him. And I think that's just a a testament that he's out for for his purpose. And Mm -hmm. and that's something that's fun to learn. Yeah. And he brings people to Jesus. Like when you're around Bob, you want to be better because you see who he is. And, you know, I would be careful to say um, that he's so much like Jesus. But, man, he walks closely to how Jesus did. And I really believe that watching him, the way he's so available to people, the way he treats people, that's how Jesus calls us to be. And so having a friend like him and learning from him, um, you know, is just incredible. So he has written two amazing books. The first one, Love Does, which is a New York Times bestselling book. And then his most recent one, Oh my gosh, it's called Everybody Always. And it talks about loving everybody always, which what um, an example to everybody. And I think about that a lot, like in no matter what situation, it's everybody always. So it's super cool. Um, But I got to meet Bob a few years ago when I went to a dream big and Adam had to scope him out before I flew out to San Diego, right? You know, I had my doubts. You wanted to go to San Diego by yourself. You didn't know anybody. Uh, Certainly not like you. Um, (laughs) A lot of times wanting to be with your friends and people you know. So it was out of your comfort zone, so I was proud of you for that. But um, every time I got in the car, his book on tape was there. (laughs) Uh, Everybody we met, you were buying a book, uh, Love Does, for him. And he was just hitting me at all different angles. He was sending balloons to you you're sending (laughs) mugs that say love does and and i was like what is happening but now i'm drinking my coffee this morning out of a love does coffee mug and uh and love listening to all his stories and and uh, he's such a great blueprint for what you're trying to do and it's fun to find guys like that yes absolutely and you've gotten to meet him now so you're comfortable with me hanging out with him so much right yes much more comfortable now (laughs) and i don't know that i ever had had doubts but i was uh but certainly getting to know him and seeing his his role 
purpose yeah. and passion and, and drive. It's something special. Such an example. And he totally blows our mind in this podcast. He, um, one of the things that he talks about is, you know, going after your dreams. And that's really what we hone in on a lot with Bob. He's such a dreamer and has done amazing things, um, but almost sometimes unrelatable. I know something that we talk about is, you know, um, the Taliban in Afghanistan, um, they were kind of in the way of him starting a girl's school. And so he's like, oh, forget it. I mean, it's just the Taliban. And there he goes and he has a ribbon cutting a few weeks later for a school for girls. like. That's dreaming big. It is dreaming big. And it puts some of our dreams into perspective. Sometimes we think these dreams are too big. And we, we've had this passion that we could buy a minor league baseball team one day. Right. And, and when you look at that from where we are, it seems like a lofty ambition. But comparing it to Bob Goff, right. um, it's not the Taliban. Exactly. And it's such a minor uh, dream and minor ambition compared to some of the things he's doing. Yeah, but babe, it's such a fun dream. And such I a fun love, dream. My favorite thing is dreaming alongside of you. And I think that's so cool for our listeners to, if you are dreaming to find somebody or a group of people that you can dream along with, because I think with you, one of the things that we do often is I'll come up with a dream or you'll come up with a dream and the other one will push it a little bit further. And then at the end of it, we're like, wow, okay, we are buying a minor league team or we are starting a podcast or we are writing a book or whatever it is. We push each other to the next level, which I think it's important to have somebody like that. And it's been fun looking back at our marriage. It all started with dreaming big right off the bat when we were had zero dollars in our <laughs> bank account and somehow we had the dream that we wanted to buy a house and luckily People would loan money back then to uh, people that didn't have money, but we wanted this house. That was one of our first dreams and ambitions, yeah. and uh, and we were able to get married and move right into to a beautiful little house. That, uh, <laughs> beautiful in our eyes is what we should say, because it was not beautiful in many people's eyes. But it's fun looking back at that. That was such a huge ambition at that point, and now looking back, it, it's a pretty minor mm-hmm. ambition, and, and that's kind of what... It's fun about Bob Golf is looking at his big ambitions and and uh, seeing where we could go. Yeah, I love it. It is so cool. Well, we won't wait. Have um, our listeners wait any longer? We'll just hop on over there. But after um, our interview with Bob, we have a way that you can go on our website, which is sarahnews.com, and you can sign up for our. Um, information and on there today will be um, Bob's big ambition. So when I was at the dream big, I sat down with him and asked what have been your big ambitions and what have you conquered? Well, he started at um, the age of kindergarten. And so I have a list in his handwriting of all of Bob's big ambitions. You can go onto our website, sarahnews.com, check it out, sign up for all of our amazing guests, big ambitions and get those in your inbox. So here we go. I am super excited. One of my friends, Bob Goff, is joining me today on the show. Bob, we're so happy to have you. Hey, thanks a million. I'm glad to be with a friend on the uh, on the podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you. And you have just um, been such a huge influence in my life. I got to meet Bob a year ago when I went to your Dream Big, um, the very first one you held, which is a place where a bunch of dreamers come. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, the uh, gathering that we did, I was recognizing uh, driving around and 
speaking to a lot of people, uh, it's one thing to be in an auditorium together and it's different to be in a room together. So I just said, what if we get fewer people, like 30 or 40 people in a room and spend a couple days and try to get to some of those ambitions that we each have. Some people have great big ambitions. They want to build a dam uh, and, you know, have a million people have uh, clean water. And that's a beautiful ambition. And they can, some people can actually get there. But if you have a big ambition, but you don't know how to get there, I remember telling the person that wanted to build the dam, build a drinking fountain. <laughs> you can have one of those for seven bucks. Yes. And then you can double your production and do $14 mm-hmm. worth of drinking fountains. And then one will break and you're in for a total of 14 plus parts. And so one of the things that I think uh, gets in the way of us getting to these ambitions is that we go to the last ambition, Mm -hmm. not the next ambition. And so what I've been doing my whole life is just saying, what's the next step? Not all the steps, just the next step. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And a lot of times I talk to people about you know, we have dominoes in our life where we set things up, where we think we have a big dream. But a lot of times a failure hits or a frustration or we hit a detour that leads us to something so much more beautiful. And that's really what I want to talk to you about today. You have accomplished, oh my gosh, so much stuff. Um, But what I want to talk to you about is some of those big ambitions that you had. Um, what were some of the failures and detours that you hit and what was the byproduct of that? Yeah, I think faith is a really big deal for me. And so I'm kind of like a man of the cloth without the cloth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, when you think about ambitions for me, it would be, what are some of the things that Jesus talked to his friends? And I'm not trying to talk to anybody, including me into Jesus. I, I think that he does all the talking, but <laughs> One of the things that he did talk about is hungry people and thirsty people and sick people and strange people and naked people and people in jail. And it's hard to find naked people, but it's easy to find (laughs) hungry people, thirsty people. (laughs) So what I've been doing, so you get kind of a direction. Some people talk in their faith or wherever it is that they're getting their information from. They say, I was told to do this uh, by Jesus or the cosmos or whatever. And I usually just get a direction, not a destination. And so I usually don't uh, say like, here is the thing for you. But it's more like a direction of saying, it'd be the difference between practicing law and doing justice. It's a small difference, but it's actually a very important small difference. Yes. (laughs) And so for some of your listeners, they have a big, beautiful ambition and you're moving in that direction. Don't worry about the exact address, just get the right zip code. And then it's all the stuff that happens along the way that's really the beautiful thing. And honestly, what it does is it falls into these, uh, this category, finding an opportunity. That mm-hmm. as you're moving in the direction, then this opportunity will come. And I don't ever know the return address from that. I don't know if, you know, God put the opportunity in front of me or I just stumbled on top of it. But I'm not trying to figure out return addresses. I'm just saying, well, oh, I have this big ambition. I'm moving in this direction. There's an opportunity in front of me. Why don't I go with that? <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And I found that with my own businesses. You know, I had big dreams, but then it detoured me. And I'm like, wow, this return address is even better than the one I first, you know, intended to go towards. So I think that's awesome. Um, many people that are listening have read your amazing book, Love Does. Um, 
was that something that you sat down and said, hey, I have a big ambition of being a New York Times bestseller? Or is it something that was a byproduct of you just sharing your heart of Jesus and your past experiences? Oh, yeah. Like, heck no, that wasn't like the ambition. I could barely spell cat. <laughs> um, but I thought, <laughs> I thought if uh, I uh, wanted to build schools in Uganda and I had a, uh, an opportunity come up right. and I uh, jumped on it and I was practicing law as like a day job. I thought of it as fundraising, mm-hmm. uh, but I couldn't raise as much funds practicing law. I guess I wasn't a good enough lawyer. Um, so I thought I could either bake cupcakes to raise money for this. And if I bake cupcakes, <laughs> people would die. We're in like, trouble. Literally. Yeah. Oh, it would be horrible. <laughs> there would be like EMTs uh, sitting at the next table. Hey, then so you can I save thought, a life. <laughs> I know. There you go. See, you find an opportunity. Sometimes you make your opportunity. That's right. So one, so one of the things that I, I did is I, I got a call from a publisher and they said, will you write a book? And I said, I don't know. Will you build a school? I'll trade you. So yeah. that uh, would be uh, uh, an example for your listeners of uh, how they've experienced it. You don't have to take my word or yours. It's just right. how they've experienced life, that you have an opportunity. You find somebody, you see them across the room right. in college, and you say, I want to marry that person. <laughs> well, the first thing you can create an opportunity, it's called a date. Yes, so good. <laughs> so like, so good. Yeah, okay. and there's good dates, and there's bad dates. There's so bad go dates. on good dates with right. your uh, ambitions. I love that. <laughs> now, let me stop you real quick, because what I think so unique about you, many things are unique about you, but one thing that you just said is you wanted to build a school, so, and then a publisher called you, and there's an opportunity. Now, a lot of us listening are like, that's a pretty big opportunity that came your way. Um, had it been years of, did you have relationships with people in publishing, or how was that bridge <laughs> built to get such a wonderful opportunity such as that? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. So like everything else, one thing like your to your point about these dominoes, I met people along the way. I wasn't angling for writing a book, but I started writing down everything I thought yes. about everything. And I still do it. We're 25 years into this. I have uh, four documents. I've had to split them apart because there's too many words, wow. but it has 1.6 million words in it. Oh. It's everything. I think about everything. I love so that. even... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so even by way of example, uh, if I'm listening to somebody, if I'm talking to somebody, um, I'll write down just in my little uh, notes here, and I would scribble it in the desk if I didn't have a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. I say, take your opportunity out for a date. I've mm-hmm. never really thought about that, but actually, I'm going to circle back to that later and see is that an idea? I don't want to write a book about it. I just want to say, um, as these ideas come to mind, as something pings you in a conversation, as Something takes some action on it. Yes. So, you, so you have a big ambition, you explore an opportunity, and then you do something with it. I knew a guy who was uh, a friend that was in the publishing world. He got actually sent to jury duty, which is awesome. <laughs> and he wow. had, love, love does, in his bag, he was bored to death. And so he read it. It was either that or the phone book. And so wow. he read this thing and he said, I actually like it. So here's one of the things to do. Take your big ambition. I want to build a dam. Uh, find somebody who knows something about water. Yes. <laughs> Jesus knows a lot about it. Mm-hmm. But I would find somebody a little bit more local. 
I know he's everywhere. <laughs> uh, fundamentalist, don't worry about it. I so love it. what? But this, but this idea of like then take explore an opportunity, then take some action on it. Make right. the call. Write the book. Uh, uh, you know, go, take your ambition out for a date. Uh, talk to other people. Everybody knows I want to be a grandpa. Nobody can talk to me for more than 10 or 15 minutes without me telling them how I want to be a grandpa. Yes. And so as you make your, uh, your ambitions known, then people will go like, oh, that's the guy that wants mm -hmm. to be the grandpa. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> and so even my friends that work with me um, know to say no to certain things because it would be inconsistent with me staying at home and being a grandpa. Love when the that. opportunity arises. <laughs> right, I love that. But I do think there's so much truth in speaking what we want out there. And I think that's something I learned so much from just spending time with you is, okay, you're saying you want it, now just do it and let's connect you. You are the world's best connector that, you know, you've connected me with people and it's all because you allowed me to share my dreams. And so I think our listeners need to know that if you have a dream, if we're quiet about it, it's not going to get very far. It takes connecting with a lot of people and developing new relationships that can, you know, we're all in this together to try to reach our dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So for instance, we had a, uh, an idea I was reading uh, somewhere about how the Taliban won't allow little girls to learn how to read in Afghanistan. And that is just so lame. So eight or 10 months ago, we started looking for opportunities and to find a person in Afghanistan without giving all the details, the, you know, fast forward uh, to three weeks ago, and we're standing in Afghanistan, cutting the ribbon wow. for girls school uh, to give them the opportunity to pursue their ambition, which is to learn how to read. And there was something that was in the way, which is the Taliban, but we're just not going to be scared <laughs> off by a bunch of uh, you know, things that get in the way. And so yeah. for each of us to find <laughs> these things that seem to be in the way and just figure it out. So there's uh, actual obstacles and then there's perceived obstacles. So actual obstacles would be like uh, there's no more airplanes but the, to, to get there. But a perceived obstacle is that, well, where would I start? So I would challenge some of your perceived obstacles and say, is that an actual obstacle? Mm -hmm. Me going to medical school when I barely know what a leaf is? That's right. an actual obstacle. Right, <laughs> but right. a perceived obstacle is if I had this big ambition about building a dam or starting a school or something, well, nobody would do it. Or if I wanted an ambition, so I want to read a book and I go like, well, I don't know how to spell and say, well, like there's spell check. Don't worry about it. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So fine. So for part of us, it's a uh, have figure out your ambition, mm -hmm. explore an opportunity, take action, and then ping some of these uh, impediments to say, is that an actual impediment or is it just a perceived impediment? Love that. Love that. I think it's so, I mean, you're just so amazing, Bob, because most people would say uh, the Taliban, I would be worried about machine guns. And you're like, eh, it's all right. We're, you're more concerned. Your heart's more concerned about these girls. And I love that about you. And I love your heart. Um, I do think what's so amazing about you is you go big, like your dreams are big. And I think sometimes we get scared to dream big. I'd like to ask you, what is your next, aside from being a grandpa, because I do think that is known to everybody who follows you, which is awesome. But what's your <laughs> next big dream? 
Uh, you know, I uh, uh, we had a little bit of a setback along the way. Uh, two years ago, last month, we had this lodge that we had built up in Canada burned to the ground. And so it was no small thing. Uh, it was like you could put five of my house in that. Um, and so it's uh, very difficult to get to. It's 100 miles from the nearest road. And so we're just in the process of rebuilding it. And so that would be uh, the next thing. It's going to take me a couple minutes. It took 22 years <laughs> to build it the first time. Yes. <laughs> I think I can get the next one done in 10. I and love so it. For, I some love of, it. So for some of your listeners, you're, you're like me, like ADD boy. And so be like, I just, I'm always in a hurry. I like for mm. everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I heard in this thing at church, they talked about fasting. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> How quick can we do passing? So one of the things that uh, you do is just uh, set your sights on this big ambition. But for depending how God wired each of us, I want to do many things at once and go with, with the fastest pony. And so many people are wired for one thing at a time. So however you're wired, but I wouldn't do only just one thing at a time if you have the capacity to do a couple, because if one thing stalls out, then you can just jump horses and you can say, I'm going to actually go with a different one where I have more opportunities. Right. So on the, so while we're pursuing some schools and building those also stacking some logs at the end of an inlet. And, yes. and I think because my big ambition is to be grandpa and I'm going to kind of pull the drawbridge up and just spend time with the people I already know, I'm making the place where I'm going to go hang out and just mm. go a lot deeper with a lot fewer people. And you're already seeing that. That would yes. be dream big. Right. Like saying, and it takes fewer people and go a little bit deeper. Uh, um, and so still available to everybody, mm -hmm. but uh, for a quick phone call, but uh, fewer, deeper. And I, not because it's better. It's just different. Right. No, I love that. And your availability to me has unlocked my world. And so I appreciate that. And I love how you always bring it back to Jesus. Like the big thing about Jesus, obviously there was tons, but he was available to people. And I just love how you um, live that in your life. And I think it's such a lesson to so many of us to just be available to one another. Um, so I think that's great. Okay. Two more questions. I want to ask you, who are the three people that continue to inspire you in your day-to-day -day life? Oh, that's a great question. Everybody that is like really smart is supposed to say like Abraham Lincoln right. or Jesus. So what <laughs> if I just like leave them off to the side? Okay, that'd be um, And just, yeah, yeah. And just say like some ordinary people that have been like super, super courageous. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of a couple like stay-at-home moms had like a very difficult relationship with their husbands. Mm -hmm. And that's why uh, some things have been even more difficult than they uh, needed to be. And without calling out their names, but you actually kind of know who you are because you're actually listening and you're that person. Mm -hmm. And so those things are inspiring because uh, nobody's uh, writing books about that and nobody is making a big deal about it. And you're not getting asked to speak in front of things. And that's the beautiful thing, this idea of being secretly incredible. Yes. Um, that is actually inspiring. You know, we've all come across people uh, that are actually just quietly doing amazing things. It's a guy who started this massive like restaurant chain that everybody would know of. And he lives across the street from me. And uh, for the last 20 years, he's been taking our garbage out. Mm, <laughs> that, that is awesome. And not just ours 
everybody's wow. because he actually uh, takes this uh, thing about loving your neighbor seriously. He doesn't think it's a metaphor for something else. Yeah. And so, uh, so that would be inspiring. There's a, uh, there's, there's a guy that um, uh, lives nearby that is uh, in between things. And he's just being courageous in the middle of all the ambiguity mm -hmm. in his life. Yeah. That actually inspires me. So I think it's neat that Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, but I think it's even like cooler that there's some people that are walking in our lives already that nobody will even know their name, uh, but they'll be remembered as love's heroes. They'll be the people so that people good. go on and on about. They won't fill a stadium right. uh, full of people when they pass like Billy Graham. Uh, but they'll be remembered for generations like Billy Graham. <laughs> mm, I love that. I love that. Well, you're one of those people for me in my life that has just made the biggest influence really have pushed me. One, this podcast that I was able to start really was from your encouragement and just watching the life that you live that so reflects who Jesus is in your life. And it's such an example to us. I love the way you love your family. I love that your wife, Maria, really has a new name because of your love for her as Sweet Maria. And that's how we all call her, too, is I think the world calls her Sweet Maria because of your yeah. incredible love for her. So I think that's just amazing. So, Bob, I just I think you're incredible. And I'm so thankful to just snag a little bit of your time. I do have a list of your ambitions that you talked to us about at Dream Big. And so um I just think it's amazing if we all can write our big ambitions and just kind of keep shooting for the stars. So thank you so much for your time, Bob. Hey, thanks a million. This is great, Sarah. I'm glad you're doing this. I think a lot of people will not only hear what you had to say, but then something along the way will ping them in this podcast or another one. And then hopefully they'll just write it down, but don't put it on a to-do list. Say like, how do I get that on a done list? Like yes. what's the next? Yeah, in so that. Not all the steps, just the next step. The next step. I love that. I love that. Well, you go enjoy your family in Canada and enjoy your summer off. And thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks a million. All right, Bye. Bob. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.